With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and member of the Apple family, Troy. With me, as always, is the WCW Watcher of Classic Wrestling and the main event collector. He is the big sexy to my medium sexy. Hey, yo, it's Greg. What's up, Greg? What up? Finally, a good one. Yeah, I can't make them all, like, stupid and whatever. I figured we're we're actually you managed to so. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, don't I get some credit for that? Like, that's no talent. none. That's that's some talent, man. I would <laughs> dig up a weird, obscure one that makes you roll your eyes and go, "What the hell?" <laughs> so I don't know. I, I you're making me feel bad here, Greg. Not giving me any credit, but not what, for stupid crap. I well, give you credit for all the good stuff you do, don't I? Shut your mouth. Make me look I mean. Want- what the hell's wrong with you? Oh, come on, man. Uh, but, well, what we're going to give credit there's for. A, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a one on here you could have used that you didn't use. And I'm happy you didn't use. So that's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Well, <laughs> now, now I'm curious. Like, uh, what could it be? I didn't want to go with Harlem Heat again because I feel like I've used them quite a few times in the past. So, but, uh, oh, okay. I, I think I know which one, you, one you're talking about, but we'll see later in the show. <laughs> but who does get credit today is WCW for putting on a pretty halfway decent uh, pay-per-view with Halloween Havoc 96. I'm this is gonna, their 10-pole event. Yeah, according to Eric Bischoff, which, I, whatever. Uh, but I'm going to assume, I, I, I believe you said in the past, this, you know, you were deep into your fandom at this point, right? Oh, yeah, I watched every, uh, every pay-per-view at this point, yeah. So, I mean... And I'll ask, you know, some stuff when we get to it in the show, you know, don't want to get ahead. But, I mean, 
as a kid, were you like uh, above average or yeah, it's wrestling. I like it. I think I was happy with it. Very happy with it. Yeah, I think it was great. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, there's there's a lot to like on this show. And I've talked about this before. We covered a show like this last week, too, uh, where I made mention. It's like we ironically cover some really bad stuff because it's funny. Like, I mean, there's some boring bad stuff that we don't cover, but there's also some bad stuff that we have fun with. And I like covering that stuff. But sometimes I like covering good shows as well. So, and this is one of them. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching this. I've seen it before. I watched it through a second time, and I wasn't sitting there going, "My God, how you know when's this one over?" <laughs> I've done that with a few shows. I'm like, I think I did that with our last show. Yeah, it's like how many more matches? Now in the archives. Yeah, right. Uh, go check out the last week's bonus episode on WCCW. Or don't. Um, I won't blame you if you don't. Look, but but do it. If you like territory stuff, you know, go check it out and kind of see where the business was in 86 and 88 i will say the best part of the show in my opinion were our two news segments yes two news segments so go check that out i thought it was good stuff but i don't know that's just me good anyway, stuff without further ado i definitely want to dive into this but before we get into all the news and notes i just want to remind you all to follow us on social media twitter and instagram at main event underscore marks and facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod also we are sponsored by fanatics get all your officially licensed sports gear with fanatics at fanatics.com the link is down in the podcast description just let them know that the main event marks and unhinged sports network sent you we're also sponsored by swift lifestyles they are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers Great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. Now we are going to get into the news and notes. Are you ready for this one, Greg? Rarely am I, but <laughs> it'll transport you back to this time in 1996. And the one of the cool in, things about in your way back machine. Yes. Well, and one cool thing about this was I was not watching wrestling at this time, so I, I wouldn't know any of this stuff anyway. And you were not following any of the behind the scenes, whatever. You didn't know about any. You just. Oh, it was a funner it. time, too. So there's that. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, it, that that there's. I still really don't anymore. I stopped. I don't give a damn anymore. It's become so peaceful. I never look it up. I always like just run across it sometimes. It's like, eh, whatever. And most of it, I'm just like, well, that sounds like it's a lie and i just push it aside well we're gonna take a pause here when we come back we're gonna dive into all the news and notes around this time in late october early november of 1996 Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod. Get ready to rumble in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash 
slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. We're about to dive into the news and notes, but first, Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeat moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use the promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z-Official.com and put in that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D to save yourself 10% at checkout. Got to start off. I'm going to start off with WCW on this one instead of uh, ending with it because I've got some stuff to end it with, man. Some stuff and things. Uh, sound good? Yeah. Well, first off, Hulk Hogan signed a new three-year deal with WCW just four days before Halloween Havoc. Hogan had a five-year offer from WWF on the table that he turned down. WWF's offer was reportedly for $5 million per year and would have started with Hogan making a surprise return at the Royal Rumble and winning it, leading to another world title run as a heel. Whatever. It's kind of interesting. Much. What do you face, Shawn Michaels, Sid, Undertaker? Well, yes. <laughs> what, what the hell would happen there? That's interesting. I know, and that would have killed the NWO dead within three months, four months, something like that. Like, there's no effing way. Like, I don't know how much of this I believe. Like, they were, yeah, this was at the end of '96 where they were. Making- I feel like I heard Bruce Prichard confirm this. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he well, said it on his podcast. So. Well, my thing is, like, $5 million a year? Like, what? Like, keep in oh, mind... I mean, who are we talking about? Yeah. But keep in mind, WWF in 95, uh, I think they lost money. I think everybody lost money in 95. And then in 90... Well, no, I take that back. Eric Bischoff says they finally were in the black. Not Not by much, but they were finally in the black for the first time ever in 1995 under his leadership. Uh, and then... 96 was obviously a better year for all companies, but were they making enough to justify five million? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought Hogan was really going to reel them in. Yeah, but I also say that 
it probably would have brought in bigger bucks, so it would have been a good investment. Yeah, right. And, and well, my thing is like he would have brought in. I feel like he would have brought in a lot of viewers at first, and then after a while, they would have had to change it up a little bit because at first, it's like, oh, Hogan's back, and Hogan's a heel, so you know it's a big deal. But it's like five years worth. I mean, maybe. Or he could have kickstarted something. You never know. Because like I, I was talking. I texted you something last night about if Hall and Nash never jumped, would the Attitude Era really have happened, and you know all that stuff. Here's another one. I think it might have. They might have kickstarted. They kind of kickstarted when they were there, if you think about it. So. Yeah, yeah. The the end of the new generation era was very interesting to say the least. Uh, Randy Savage's WCW future is still in question. He was still negotiating with Eric Bischoff during the week, but hadn't come to terms on a new deal yet. WWF had hoped to bring back both Hogan and Savage at about the same time and have them resume their WCW feud in the WWF, which would have been a huge blow to WCW. But with Hogan deciding to stay with WCW, it really hurt Savage's bargaining power with WWF. So right now, no one knows where he'll end up. Spoiler, he stays. Yeah, spoiler, he finishes out his career. the NWO and... Helps, yeah, uh, found the uh, Wolfpack and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, had his own brawling buddy and all that good stuff, which I owned, by the way. This story, well, keep it on the Hogan thing, but yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan filed a lawsuit against a woman named Kathleen Kennedy. Isn't that Kennedy? The, wow, isn't Kathleen Kennedy the like the woman who runs like the Star Wars at Disney? Uh, I feel like I know I've heard her name. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this isn't this is not the same one, but it's just like I, I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, is there a name? I don't know. It's something Kennedy. But anyway, Kennedy. Wow. Uh, but she worked at his pasta mania restaurant and his lawyer. There's no way it's the same woman then. No way. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Hogan filed a lawsuit against uh, Kathleen Kennedy and her lawyer because they threatened to go to the police and claim that Hogan had sexually assaulted her unless he paid them off. Kennedy claimed that Hogan forcefully put his uh, his uh, thermos in her mouth despite her resistance and also claimed that they have evidence that Hogan, um, I'm not going to say the word, uh, forced himself uh, on another woman. Uh, Hogan is claiming extortion and attempted to get police to file charges against the lawyer for it, but the police declined. The lawsuit is still ongoing. Yeah, that sounds like something that would have been all over the news. Still be hearing about it today, so it must have been, I don't yeah. maybe made, it must have been made up. I mean, how is yeah. that not a bigger thing? I've never heard about it until now. Yeah, I know this was a uh, talked about before where, like, he was basically being harassed by this woman and then they made up all this stuff to extort him. And yeah, I mean, look, I know a lot of people don't like Hulk Hogan for, for various reasons in today's age, but like, come on, this is way out of left field. Speaking of something else, money, brother. Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of something else that is, um, uh, way out of left field, buddy Lee Parker, has been doing a gimmick called Braun the Leprechaun. Do you remember that? Uh, I do. That's Dwayne Gill. Oh, not Dwayne Gill. That was Gil- Buddy Lee Parker. That's not... Um, is that Dwayne Bruce, the guy who trained Goldberg? Is that him? Uh, I don't know. He got a flat top. and. Yeah, I think I that's Dwayne Bruce. Yeah, I know he was a, a trainer for that. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he came to the ring with him 
uh, for a while. You remember that? Yeah, he was in Goldberg's last match ever in WCW. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I just remembered that. But he was also Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. That was, and he did like a military gimmick. But yeah, that place, I remember. But the Leprechaun one, I just, I vividly remember just seeing it. I remember seeing it on TV, but I remember the look. Bro. <laughs> uh, but he's been doing a, a gimmick called Braun the Leprechaun, but it has been dropped because, and I quote from Uncle Dave, believe it or not, some group complained about WCW's gimmick being a negative portrayal of leprechauns, so they dropped the gimmick. Really. A negative portrayal of a fake thing. Yeah, right. Or is the um, New Day going to get canceled for, you know, making money off of unicorns and glamorizing them? Well, oh, my good Lord. Did these people <sighs> sue the makers of leprechauns? Like, or, the you know, the the horror film? Not my lucky charms. And yeah, that? Or, what, what was that, uh, like, that, that famous book? Before uh, Peter Dinklage took all the jobs for little people, uh, <laughs> this guy, he was Willow and whatever. Oh, yeah, he was Willow. I don't know his name, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, he he was the leprechaun. It's like, did they go after them? They're like, what? He literally killed people. <laughs> this dude just beat him up. <laughs> what the hell ever, man. People. Yep, got to complain about something, man. Flipping on the WWF <sighs> side here. Yes, let's move on. That's a trigger topic for me. No pun intended, by the way. (laughs) Wait a minute. Triggered people trigger you? (laughs) Irony. Uh, Bret Hart signed a 20-year contract with the WWF this week. Just before. Hmm. wonder where that's going to go. Something tells me he's not going to see that contract out. Uh, But this was just before appearing on Raw the same night to announce it to the live crowd. It's believed that the deal amounts to just under... $3 $3 million per year for the first three years, and then a lesser amount as a non-performer for the remaining 17 years, which uh, or during which Hart will presumably retire and take a front office position. Over the 20 years... So he was going to wrestle three more years and then be there 17 years at front office? Yeah. Uh, wow. Yep. Okay. And after seeing such great contributions to the creative team as the Truth Commission... I mean, why wouldn't you want him in your front office? <laughs> <laughs> and I kid, I know he had he contributed whatever. I, I don't know how he would have done on creative. All right. I, I don't know. All I know is the Bret Hart that we did get. Well, I definitely would have made another goon. Oh, well, hell yeah. Hockey, bro. Uh, <laughs> shout out to. Uh, I'm getting that figure when it drops. So. Oh, I'm sure you are. But shout out to here in Puckford, by the way. Uh, check out that podcast if you like hockey. It's the best hockey podcast there is. Damn straight. You were on it. And that's not why I'm saying it, but yeah. <laughs> right. I'm serious. It's really it's, fun. Well, yeah. And, and not a lot of people care about hockey. That ticks me off, but you know, well, and you that know, reminds right. me, let's wrap this up. The Sharks are starting soon. <laughs> right. Uh, but over the 20 years, the contract is somewhere between 11 to $14 million. Mother of God. Uh, during Hart's interview on Raw, $11 million to come up with the truth commission. Let's got to say it one more time. Okay. Just, you know, just well, think about that. Well, hell yeah. He saw it in South Africa, and he wanted to put it on TV. Anyway. Yeah, if it wasn't for him, we would never got B squared. Remember that. Hell yeah, man. Uh, and his son is currently wrestling on NXT 2.0. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, during Hart's interview on Raw, he acknowledged WCW's offer and said that they treated him with honesty and integrity during the, the uh, negotiations. Eric Bischoff reportedly felt the same and said that 
Brett was very respectful throughout the negotiations and handled it with class during the interview. WWF had asked him to rip up WCW's contract offer on live TV, but Brett refused. Wow. He wow, man. You, you, want to talk, you want to talk about making the right choice? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, I don't know if I should do that, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just think about the, what Medusa did with the women's title, so it's... Uh... Yeah, right. Uh, okay, here we go, man. In your house, buried alive. Is okay, hold book? on. Every time you start something with here you go, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, well. I've been doing this with you enough to know that this is leading somewhere bad, so go ahead, hit me with it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I can't even wait to hear it. <laughs> well, it's honestly not that bad, but In Your House, Buried Alive, now in the archives, by the way, is in the books and was mostly uneventful. It was the first show of the of 1996 that Shawn Michaels didn't technically main event. He did end up wrestling in a dark match after the show. Yes, uh, they usually have dark matches. That just sounds weird. Yeah, I know, right? Uncle Dave thinks that Undertaker's glove coming out of the dirt after he was buried was pretty much just as stupid as Hulk Hogan pushing the giant off the roof of an arena at last year's <laughs> Halloween Havoc. <sighs> no, it's not even in the same realm because this goes with The Undertaker. That crap yeah. was just stupid. This yeah. is something he would do. I know. And I get, you know, if you're going to sit there and be like, well, it's not realistic. He's not really dead. Well, no crap. But the giant was just, is like, if we're looking at gimmicks, his gimmick is that he's just a really large man. And he was pushed off an arena. Oh, he's a large man, all right. <laughs> wow. And he was pushed off the roof of an arena. And he came back later in the show perfectly fine. Well, a single scratch on him. And dry humped Hulk Hogan. Got to throw that in there. With the Yeti. The Yeti. Damn straight. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, I think he's just reaching with this one now, dude. Yeah. It made well. perfect sense the Undertaker did this. If Mankind did, okay, maybe. But this Undertaker thing. I didn't even think about it until uh, Bruce Pritchard said this, though. He referred to it as the carry. Because if anybody knows, like, at the end of carry, her hand burst up. Yeah, right. Like it. And I was like, holy crap. I <laughs> Never thought about that, but yeah. Like, I thought of it like, you know, zombie movies, whatever. But yeah, Carrie. Uh, Jim Ross's headset kept cutting out during the event. They tried to play it off. They also tried to play up the old fuddy-duddy Oklahoma hick role for Jim Ross, since they're trying to make that his gimmick. I mean, is it a gimmick? No, it's just an over-exaggeration, I assume. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and in the understatement of the century, Uncle Dave said, quote, Austin seems to be getting over as a face as the swearing flipping off character. <laughs> it's not a character, you idiot. Yeah, I, you know, man, that ain't going to go anywhere. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've always often said that Austin's the worst heel in history because nobody booed him. Yeah, right. Uh, I will say they booed him after WrestleMania 17 just because they didn't want to see that. Yeah, those went away quick, though. Yeah. I always, like, looking back at him, like, you know, you think about this guy, he's, like, swearing on his boss, he's drinking on the job, he's beating up his boss, and his boss is just trying to run his company peacefully, and some guy is disrupting him. How is Austin the bad one here? Yeah, right. It's like, hey, you know, as as the representative of our company, we want you to be respectful and, you know, represent the company right. well, go on talk shows. F you, I do what I want. And then you get, like, the job. <laughs> you look at, like, you go look at, like, when Bret Hart was champion and Hogan was champion, he did all that. So, like, yeah. how was Austin... The face here. I know. Right? I mean, that's, that was I was just like looking back at it. It makes me laugh so hard. I'm like, 
you know, Vince was never really the bad guy. And their and their program started because Vince was like, "Hey, man, you're really injured. You should probably go home and recover, and then come back and do your thing when you're." Yeah, he was healed. literally trying to pay him to stay off. Yeah. TV. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> Vince is a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, go home and recover, and then when you're feeling better, come back and have your match. F you. Like, yep. How dare you look out for my health? <laughs> um, I know you said you don't watch the Karate Kid movies, right? Or or Cobra right. Kai. Yeah. Well, there's like a and this this started in How I Met Your Mother. Barney did it. He kind of made a point as to why a really good point, by the way, that is now canon within this Cobra Kai series that the bad guy, Johnny Lawrence, was actually the good guy. And um, Daniel LaRusso was the one instigating it and being the bad guy the whole time. And when he breaks it down like that and you go back and look at it all, he's completely right. <laughs> and I just I thought about that when I think about this. I'm like, you know, is he do we really have the roles defined here correctly? I don't think we do. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's funny when you look at stuff like that and you're like, <laughs> the good guy in this movie is a bad guy. I like what I, I don't get it. Like, you know, the motivations sometimes don't match up. But this one, speaking of, well, I wonder where this is going. Uh, bodybuilder Occam Albright, uh, who who would eventually become Baracus. Oh, uh, good God. Who the WWF recently signed has been training for the last several weeks. Reportedly, he hates taking bumps, so they brought a mattress into the ring for him to learn moves on. Okay, oh, well. I can be I can tell you this with a straight face right now. I've never seen this man in a match in my life. Uh, I have. And I'll tell you, what, you know, I you've heard of muscle, you know, when they use the old uh, saying, it's like, oh, those are just gym muscles, you know, or you're built for show. I'm built for go. You know, like that was him because he struggled doing a press slam. I'm like, dude, you are gigantic. How can you not lift a man half your size up above your head? Hmm. It blew my mind. They actually sent him to ECW for a while to wrestle. So. I remember seeing like clips of that, like of, like if him there. I don't remember seeing a match, but I do remember seeing that. Vince had a lot of faith in Paul Heyman that he could get you know, he could get something out of Brockus. And even Paul Heyman was like, I, I, look, I did the Sandman. I can't do shit. Crap! All, I can't do crap all of this guy. <laughs> a hell of a comparison, huh? Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of like one of the least talented guys on the entire roster, and Sammy popped in my head. So. And you skip over New Jack, okay? Well, that was the obvious one, but yeah. <laughs> all right, wrapping things up here. I got two stories on this week in ECW. If, if I, I may have it. another volley. There you go. <laughs> One of us was going to hit it. Uh, first story here, Devin Storm in ECW, who some of you may know as Crowbar. Uh, was yes, I was, it was it was crossed my mind. OK, yeah, like I know that name. Yep. Uh, but he was trash talking a fan and the fan hit him with a cane, <laughs> splitting Storm's brow wide open. In ECW? Yes. I, I don't believe you. I think you're lying. Yeah, right. I know. I don't believe this whole story. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm ending it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging up. We're not. I can't deal with liars, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is bullcrap, clearly. Uh, but it's just brown. real quick. Tell me, was it in Philly? Does it by any chance say? I'm just it, curious. It, nah, it doesn't say. Well, okay. it's a, probably a solid bet. Yeah, that's uh, either Philly or New York or Florida. One of them. So but uh, it split his brow wide open, forcing him to be hospitalized. He missed the, the show the next night because of it. Yeah, that must have been a freaking hard-ass hit, dude. Uh, what did you they, they, they use, you said? A cane? or? Yeah. 
I mean, those are solid like, metal, right? Like, are we talking like a a metal cane that like somebody with like a bad leg would walk with? Or that's what I'm thinking. It's like, was it like a walking cane? Because hot damn. Uh, not to spoil anything, but one of those is used on this show we're about to watch. But anyway, <laughs> uh, also Taz got into it with a fan and ended up shoving the fan to the ground. But then he got on the mic and said that he at least respected that fan because he wasn't a uh, well, another word for cat like Sabu. Well, yeah. There you go. Well, you got to respect him using that because the B words played out, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. Well, you know, in ECW, you can kind of say whatever the hell you want. So it's like, might as well drop that one. Bro, Kurt Angle call it freelance? <laughs> yeah, right. Bro, you're a, uh, you're a euphemism for cat, bro. <laughs> anyway, final story here. We've talked about this one a few times, but uh, Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle appeared at a wow. ECW show. I didn't know that was coming, by the way. That was just a complete coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, but he appeared in a recent ECW show and did commentary on a match with Taz versus Little Guido, which I'm sure was fantastic. Real names. <laughs> which uh, led to Taz trash-talking Angle, trying to set up a match. On the same show, they did an angle where Raven pulled a cross out from under the ring and crucified the Sandman, tying him to the cross uh, and putting a ring of barbed wire on his head. Yeah... Apparently, this angle was too extreme even for ECW because later in the show, Raven came back to the ring as Scott Levy and apologized for anyone who may have been offended. Word is that Kurt Angle was very upset about it backstage, feeling that it could ruin his public image to be involved in something like that. Some fans were also upset. Out of Kurt Angle's <sighs> own mouth, he said he told them, if I'm like, you need to edit me off the show and if something the effect of if you don't edit me off the show, I will sue your ass. Did Paul and Raven think it was okay? According to Paul, uh, he no, said, well, cause Raven said, you know, he's like, he said, I'm Jewish. I didn't know I was going to offend people. And yeah. I just don't know how, that, how that's an excuse, but right. Well, according to, according to Paul Heyman, he knew nothing about it. Raven went into business for himself to which Raven said, of course he knew about it. It's his company. Yeah, that one's kind of hard to not believe. Yeah, I'm going to go with Raven on that one. Uh, also, my favorite story about that one was uh, in the back, Taz was like, yeah, of course, you and Paul, you know, the Jews, you know, you you, you don't mind uh, them doing something like that. It's like, why don't you why don't you put them up on a on a star of David or something? And to which Raven replied, well, because it would roll away. Wow. Yeah. Good Lord. Yep. Yeah, because we all remember the the uh, the famous Star of David crucifixion, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I think that one would just confuse everyone. <laughs> They're like, why do they have a giant Star of David under the ring? That's even weirder than having a giant cross under the ring. But yeah, I don't know. And and Kurt is apparently very devout Catholic, so he did not want to be anywhere near. Uh, that. You could be like a devout, just a hardcore Jewish person and still not want to see this. I just don't understand why they went with this. I I don't know. It's like, in what world did you think this was okay? It's not even like a hardcore, like if you're a religious thing. It's just offensive, period. I know. Uh, I, I don't get it. Well, anyway, that does it for the news and notes. You ready to move into the event? I really am. All right. So am I. Let's go. First time in a couple of weeks, I think I can say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, Bound for Glory last week was good. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I keep forgetting we did two, uh, two show like two episodes of a weekly show on the last one. 
Right. So it yeah. felt like two shows. Okay. That's... Yeah, we're coming off a double main event week. Uh, so this is our, our closing show, our swan song for October. But uh, we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Closing time. Lord. Uh, we're going to take our final That's a break. great song. You shut your mouth. It is. But we're going to take uh, our next break. When we come back, it's Halloween Havoc. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. It's WCW Halloween Havoc 1996 or well, tell us the full name of the show, Greg. It's Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc live from Las Vegas, 1996. Wow. Okay. Uh, But the date was October 27th, 1996. The tagline, A Night of Terror and Suspense, and took place at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is now a frequent location for uh, AEW events. The attendance was... Do they go to T-Mobile? No, well, I I mean, not that I know of as far as I... Because I know they've advertised being at the MGM multiple times, so I think that's where they go. But the attendance is 10,000. And the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.7, uh, which amounted to 250,000 buys. So not bad. I think I was one of them. 
And the uh, the show actually broke WCW's all-time live gate record, bringing in over $220,000 in ticket sales and another $69,000 in merchandise sales, which was also a record. Half of the merch sales were NWO products, which has been a huge seller everywhere. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't say. That shirt still sells today. Uh, swear to you on my life, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, Greg and I both rocked those shirts the, on the same day when we were in New York City uh, back in 2015. And some dude asked us if we were going to go fight Lex Luger. So that, that was, made a pop. I don't know why that was so random, but I loved it. It was, yeah. Uh, but we started off the show with a hype video of the NWO running wild on WCW since they f- were formed at Bash of the Beach and the Macho Man trying to stop them. Footage of an Eric Bischoff promo is also spliced in where he says that he regrets ever signing Hulk Hogan, and he calls the New World, or- New World Order a group of thugs. And then, But he doesn't regret signing Hulk Nash. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, uh, you only regret the one? I mean, there's like three dudes here. Like, two of them came in instantly just to crap on your company. I don't know. But anyway, uh, this, this first match. Uh, I don't want to speak too soon, but I'm going to say best match of the night opens the show. Easily. Yeah. It is Rey Mysterio Jr. defending the cruiserweight title against Dean Malenko in about 18 and a half minutes. They announced Mysterio from Tijuana, Mexico. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, they always they always announced Masquerade from there, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Malenko stole Ray's mask on Nitro apparently, and has it with him tonight. Ray gets it back in mid-match and swaps masks in the middle of the ring. That that was different. Uh, this was a phenomenal opening match. Dean wins with a gut wrench powerbomb off the middle rope. Uncle Dave gave it four and a quarter stars. I gave it four and a half. What say you? This may be the first time ever for me. I said this match is five stars. And I don't think I've ever said five stars in the match out out of the gates. Yeah. No, yeah. This match was perfect. I don't. Yeah. I just. Yeah, you can't. There's something about Ray and Halloween Havoc, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I know, right? The very next year uh, against uh, Eddie. They freaking Another another five star. Yeah, this, this was. Pure classic. Absolutely. I would yeah. say Ray Mysterio's best WCW match if next year didn't happen. Right. And his two top opponents in WCW and, I mean, it carried over to WWF with Eddie. But his two top opponents were definitely Eddie and Dean, I would say. I mean, he had some good stuff with Psychosis and a few others. But, I mean, those two. My thing I always liked with Dean was... Like, this was, like, one of the only times Dean Malenko was actually in the ring with somebody smaller than him. And yeah. he would do that um, fireman's carry gut buster off, like, the top or middle rope. And he would just freaking chuck Ray way up in the air, and he'd come down on his knee. Uh, Robert Strong uh, did that to someone a couple weeks ago on NXT. It was a small right. dude. But obviously, he did it with, you know, back, with his back. But, you know, because he's my side of the backbreaker. But it just reminded me right. of the same thing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I remember this because I remember one thing about Dean is like every time I watched the Cruiserweights when I was like around I was 12 years old at the time when I heard Cruiserweight I thought nothing but high flying guys because it was always yeah. Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera, Ciclope, Hector Garza. You see a, yeah. a pattern there. Yep. Dean was like a wrestler. And yeah. Like different. 
That's why I always wondered, why is he in this division? Like, it just, it came off to me as a kid. It's like, oh, they only high fly. That's it. That's what cruiserweights are. Well, he's in this division because, you know, according to Nash and Hall, he was just a vanilla midget, you know? So there you go. (laughs) Okay, I don't get that because compared to Nash, a lot of people are smaller. (laughs) I know. That's, I'm like, dude, half of the people on the roster, like, well, more than half of the people on the roster are smaller than you. It's like you and the giant. That's it. Like Hogan, Hogan and Hall are like close. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you looked at him and Hogan next to each other, he kind of eclipsed Hogan a little bit. And he's a huge dude. Oh, so, yeah. Well, Nash is so, seven feet tall, so that right there, man. I don't know, but in the back. Yeah, I love this match. If anyone goes back and watches this pay per view for one reason, this is the match right here. Oh hell yeah, yeah. When I saw this on the card, I was like, this is gonna be good. Now I gotta be honest, I've seen them wrestle multiple times, so I forgot this was that one. Uh, yeah. They did have a classic at the Great American Bash a couple months prior to this. I think that was Ray's debut, actually. Now in the archives. Um, but this surpassed, and that was amazing too. Yeah, right. This that made was... that look. This made that look like a an indie match, like a high school pavilion. That's how good <laughs> this was. I know. Yeah, that match was phenomenal. Now in the archives, Great American Bash 1996. I think it was our second po- podcast ever. Uh, go check that out. But in the back, this interview is great. In the back. Sorry. Because <laughs> it's Lee Marshall, and he says that it was going to be Ric Flair taking on the Giants tonight, but I guess Flair got hurt. He didn't really say because he was like, well, we all, all know what happened to Ric Flair. I'm like, I don't. I think he got beat up on Nitro with all the horsemen did by the NWO. Oh, okay. It's that, I think, it's that famous segment where they beat up Flair and spray paint his hair black. Oh, yeah. I think it's that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so now Jeff Jarrett steps in for Flair. Uh, Jarrett steps into the frame now. Because, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you can't get Ric Flair, you get Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if you noticed this during the promo. He's still doing that stupid ha-ha crap that he did in the WWF. Yep. Like, it's just like... He oh, he's still that. in the same gear. Yeah. It's like it's maybe like, just thing. Well, it's like he, he would say a sentence, ha-ha, and so, something else, ha-ha. I'm like, shut the F up, dude. Is that a, is that a Nashville or a Tennessee thing or what? I I, I mean, I you've been just, there, right? I've never been. But. Yeah, no, I think he just did it to um, be obnoxious. And, I mean, it worked. Well, it's, I think it's one of those – sometimes if you listen to enough interviews and stuff, you pick up on, like, if somebody has, like, a crutch, like a verbal crutch. I think that was his back in the day. Thank God he dropped it. But one I noticed about Seth Rollins, I haven't heard it in a while, but his thing, he would end every sentence with, huh? Like he would say something, what are, you, what are you doing there, huh? You know, like, and he just did it all the time. <laughs> it's like, I, it I sounds like what like a, a father says to like a kid. Like, you listen to me, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, anyway, Marshall says that the giant has managed to chokeslam everyone, but Jarrett says that he won't chokeslam him, you know, because he's special. Uh, Flair struts up now. That is and says, correct. <laughs> uh, Flair struts up now and says that there will be a line of women a mile long that will want to kiss him and Jeff Jarrett. Sure. Uh, Flair. I mean, they are handsome men. Oh well, yeah. And uh, Flair kept looking at something off off the side of the frame. I don't know if somebody was giving him a countdown or something. It was super distracting through this interview because his eyes kept I, like. I didn't catch around. that. Yeah, go back. Now that I said that, go back and rewatch that interview because his eyes keep darting off to the side. And I'm like, what are you looking at? 
Uh, but he ends the promo by giving the Macho Man some encouragement. And now we go on to this, man. It's That's uh, really weird, by the way. Those what? like mortal enemies. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I thought about that, too. I'm like, literally one year ago, you were beating up this man's father. And now you're like, go get a macho. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Wrestling's weird, man. But uh, up next, we get DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, taking on Eddie Guerrero in the battle for the ring. This went 13 minutes and 44 seconds. So this is the Battle Bowl ring, right? Yes. The Battle okay. Bowl ring, or you can call it the Lord of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, even as a kid at 12 years old, I knew that this was a complete ripoff of King of the Ring. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, uh, Cody must have been a huge mark for this as a kid because he brought it back to the damn Dynamite Diamond. I am almost 100% certain this is Dusty's idea, so there you go. Yeah, I, I, uh, we... I woke up in a cold sweat with this idea called Battle Bowl. Did and Dynamite it, do the <laughs> – did Dynamite do, like, the Lethal Lottery for theirs, too? I forget. Uh, I don't think so. I don't even, like – I didn't know I anything was going on. And then all of a sudden, just MJF wins a damn ring. I have bad short-term memories. I don't remember what happened there. But uh, I know that to get this ring, it was it was Lethal Lottery. And then, like, the Battle Royal, the one guy won, so – well, and, and Cody really must be a mark for that, because in Ring of Honor, do you remember when he stopped carrying around the, the Ring of Honor title and he had the Ring of Honor? I didn't watch him in Ring of Honor, honestly, so I don't. Yeah, so he stopped carrying around the world title for a while when, when he was a champ, and he just had a, a big diamond ring that looked like the damn Battle Bowl ring, but it had the Ring of Honor logo on it. So, hmm. As his boy MJF do it, okay. Yeah. Well, and he was Twice, by the way. I'll point that out. Say what? MGF won it twice. I got to point that out. Yeah. Well, he uh, he he was a heel in Ring of Honor. A heel. And so he would. So he would do what MJF does. He would knock people out with it with a punch and win his matches. So I'm like, why do you like the Battle Bowl and the ring like the Lord of the Rings so much? Like, whatever. I don't know. I mean, hell of an I'll never, I'll never, ever, ever fault the guy for wanting to be like his dad or trying to honor his memory. But. Damn, yeah. dude. <laughs> I know. It's like, chill out. But so. this one wasn't as good as I thought it would be, I'll say. Uh, DDP ends up winning with the Diamond Cutter. But uh, Eddie Guerrero wrestled sick here with a high fever and also broke a rib during the match, causing them to end it earlier than planned. So High fever? Ew, COVID. Wow. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this two and a half stars for average. What say you? I was surprised I only gave this two stars. I kind of got bored during this match. And like looking at who's yeah. in this, I'm like, what the hell? I can I can give them a little I can give there, them some leeway for. I mean, Eddie was sick and broke a rib during the match, so I, want, I do want to say I think there is a match on Nitro they have that's ten thousand times better. I mean, that's gonna take some looking into, but I feel like I seen him wrestle on Nitro and was great. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure they could have had a better match. It's just I. I honestly, I'm going to blame it on Eddie being sick. But after the match, this is still uh, quote unquote rookie DDP too. Let's keep that in mind. He's still yeah, not. He, like, yeah, you know, I, I might be being liberal with that ago. word, but he's still not like the legend that he's he's known for now. Like, he's still getting his feet wet, I think. Right. Yeah. He's I mean, he's still coming out in the tights and the sunglasses and the vest. And he's he's that was cool theme yet. Yeah, he's still he's still evolving here. So. Did he have the cigar in his mouth in this one? I forget. No, I think he had a toothpick, which I'm oh, surprised. He's already, yeah, 
Well, I think someone, boys, so. I think someone said from, I think Bishop said from Turner Legal, they didn't want him having a cigar in his mouth on TV for for obvious reasons. So I'm not going to argue wow. with that, but uh, you know. Well, so. Think about the children. <laughs> anyway, uh, after the match, referee Nick Patrick puts the battle bowl ring on DDP's finger and he celebrates. Now to the back, Mike today. To the back. Mike Tanay is standing by with Macho Man Randy Savage, who hypes the main event with Hollywood Hogan. The two men pick the winner of the Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc sweepstakes to win a monster. Yeah, of, of course they do, because this is Mr. Slim Jim. Well, of course. Uh, they still get somebody to somewhat got, sound like him today. In I'm looking at that figure right now, by the way. It's one of my absolute favorite figures I own. Yeah, I know. I regret not being able to get it, but... Uh, Joan McClackett or McCallick wins the slim. Don't want to mess that one up. Uh, wins the Slim Jim's monster truck. After this, we get an advertisement for pay per listen. Can we get that on this show? (laughs) Yeah, uh, we're going to start a Patreon here, guys, uh, behind the paywall. But if anybody doesn't remember what pay per listen was, I don't. So educate me, please. Yeah, it was uh, when, when the Internet was still fairly young and whatever, they would like stream the event. On the on their website, you could pay to listen in, like uh, almost like a radio broadcast for the pay per view. So did we ever? Did we? Okay, I did not know that for one. Uh, <laughs> did we ever review Sorry Series 1993 by any chance? I don't think no. we did. No. So I do. I vividly remember at that event there was a booth up top. I think it was called Radio WWF, and I think it was uh, Jim Ross and I want to say Gorilla Monsoon. Yep. What, what I helped do that would, that is <laughs> calling it like on a radio style. Yeah. So that I knew. I did not know it was here though. Okay. Yeah, they experimented with it for a while. It didn't do well, and the logistics just didn't work out, I guess. But I mean, it was original. But Mike Tanay is now standing by with Dean Malenko. Dean says that he was more focused than ever, and that's why he beat Rey Mysterio Jr. tonight. He then says that he'll take on all comers for the cruiserweight title. Now in the crowd, maybe that raspy the- voice, not quite John, not quite John Laurinaitis. Dude, have you heard him recently? Like yeah. He can barely, he can barely yeah. talk now. I'm like, oh man, it's yeah, it's, it's sad. It's rough. Yeah. But in the crowd, yeah, he can still take hits in the ring though. Yeah, right. Was it was it was it um, Malachi that hit him or? Uh, I don't know. I, I, oh, it was MJF. I think it was MJF. Oh, okay. Malachi uh, hit Arn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Knocked. Knock the piss out of him. Dude, Tony Schiavone wanted to like, get into that ring and beat the crap out of MJF when he did that. It was, like, How dare you take out the Enforcer? Oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. No, no. Oh, you were talking about uh, Dean. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, that man, I think he said, I think they just flat out said on TV, he's got Parkinson's. How can you do that? He's like, you son of a bitch. He's like, I'm getting it. He's like, it's like damn, Tony. <laughs> yeah, right. Good grief. You couldn't do that to QT when you have your kid, but you could do that to, to MJF? I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I. Nobody cares about the jobber, Shivani. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> he's willing to take on MJF, but he's not willing to take on QT Marshall. Uh, yeah. Something doesn't add up there, but whatever. Hey, I, I'm in that same boat. I'm, you don't want to mess with QT, man. But, My name's Cutie! Wow. Uh, in the crowd, Teddy DiBiase standing with the U.S. champion, the giant. Uh, DiBiase not the U.S. Put, champion, by the way. I got to point that out. The what? He's not the U.S. champion. Oh, he's I not? I believe he stole that title. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, uh, DiBiase puts down Jeff Jarrett for turning down an offer to join the NWO. Don't worry, he'll accept that offer in about three years. 
<laughs> Literally three years and two months from the day, I think. Yeah, right. Uh, the giant then goes on some rant about sticking Jeff Jarrett to the floor, the wall, and the ceiling before choke slamming him. Then says something about making glue out of the horseman. Uh, yeah, because that made sense. He was a horrible promo back in the day, but just help help me real quick. So, do you get does glue come from horses? What am I missing here? Uh, they used to make glue out of like their hooves. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, I'll give him a little leeway for that, I guess. Yeah, that's why that was always like if you listen or watch like old cartoons or whatever with horses, they're like, I'm gonna send you to the glue factory. So okay. yeah, I don't know. I learned that from my dad. So I, I've learned <laughs> a couple things in the show today. It's good. Yeah, I was today years old. <laughs> but uh, Giant and DiBiase then come to the ring through the crowd. Uh, I don't think DiBiase didn't stick around through this one. So. Well, this is the Giant taking on Jeff Jarrett with Ric Flair in his corner. This one went uh, just shy of 10 minutes. Flair gets his own That's entrance, by the way. There will be. Yeah, uh, Flair gets his own entrance, by the way, because he's too good to come out with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and I'm not saying that you know, I sarcastic. Yeah, I, like, don't, I don't know why you're saying that sarcastic, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and he gets the biggest pop out of all these guys, by the way. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I was shocked, really. I couldn't believe it. I know. He, he got a bigger pop than Jeff Jarrett. Wait, what? And that honky-ass music he comes out to? Uh, Jarrett bumps around a lot for the Okay, you can say honky because you're white. Yeah, exactly. I have a pass. <laughs> but Jarrett bumps I, I around. I can halfway say it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Jarrett bumps around a lot for the Giant and gets overpowered by him throughout this entire match just about. Jarrett ends up locking in the figure four outside the ring when he outsmarted the giant, but the giant wakes up, goozles him, and he goes for the choke slam. However, Flair can't let this stand, and he runs up behind him and low blows him for the DQ. I liked how Bobby Heenan said, oh, look at these, uh, you know, that uh, elbow reflex. You know, it's a, it's a spasm. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this two stars because I didn't think it was one star, but it's below average. What say you? Dude, I hated this match. I gave it one. Yeah, it wasn't good. I'll say that. Ah. Like, this felt like something that literally should have been on Nitro. Yeah, yeah. this was not good. That, not even that. as like a filler would it have been good. I know. I'm like, this is what the Giants doing. This is what Jarrett's doing. Like, keep in mind, Giants still new to the NWO too. It's not like he's like, a, you know, I mean, no, the entire NWO is new, but. I think yeah. he only joined like man four or five weeks prior. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. Well, he was so, he he was the fifth man. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I was like, this seemed like less than a filler to me. Yeah, it sucked. But holy after, sucked! <laughs> wow. After the match, the four horsemen run to the ring, and the giant takes off, not wanting to fight. The crowd boos all of this, by the way. So I should tell you how they That's felt. That's not what they were booing, TJ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we now go up in the crowd again with Ted DiBiase, Vincent, and Six. Uh, DiBiase says that that's one down and three to go for the NWO tonight. He says Chris Jericho is a great athlete, but tonight he's getting in the ring with the greatest cruiserweight in WCW, Six. Six then says that Jericho will be crucified for the sins of WCW, and makes his way to the ring through the crowd. Why is this the second crucifixion reference on this show? <laughs> this is six versus Chris Jericho, uh, just shy of 10 minutes. I don't know what the hell kind of dub that they've got for Chris Jericho's theme here, but it is the worst thing I've ever heard. I was yeah. Like, 
What? Yeah, cool theme in WCW too. It sucks. Yeah, the was he? Did he always use that Pearl Jam ripoff? No, no, he had like a uh, just like a generic jobber theme, but it was pretty cool for being like a generic jobber theme. Ah, okay. Yeah, because usually they dub over his theme with "Break Down the Walls," but not here. It just and it just looks horrible. Like when he comes out with that, like the visual. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, but Conan, Big Bubba. And Kevin Sullivan of the Dungeon of Doom are all. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Somebody's about to get their beard cut by Big Bubba. (laughs) Dungeon of Doom angle, I I think I've said this multiple times, was on fire. Well, especially in the fall of 96. I like hot damn. Like too hot to touch, man. You know, 50% 50 of that merchandise that was sold was NWO. The other 50% Dungeon of Doom, clearly. I mean, duh. I, I wanted my Zodiac shirt, man. Hell yeah. It just said yes, no, no, yes, all down the shirt. Is that the second Zodiac reference I got into this podcast? What the hell's going on? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, we're going to hell. <sighs> but commentary is very, In a handbag. <laughs> uh, commentary is very suspicious of Nick, Nick Patrick's intentions throughout this match, accusing him of being in the NWO's pocket. Patrick slow counts a Jericho pin. And Jericho argues with him. Once Jericho turns around, Six hits a spin kick on him for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter star. I barely gave it three stars. It was pretty good, but it wasn't amazing. What say you? I gave it two. Not didn't a fan, really, huh? Didn't really hate it. Didn't really like it. Kind of indifferent. Yeah, I almost gave it two and a half. I was like, I'm tr- I don't know. I'm trying to remember if these two ever did any more together. I can't remember. Yeah. I really don't remember much of Six's tenure in WWE. I know period. Six is about to have an amazing ladder match with uh, Eddie Guerrero sold out. I don't remember yeah. him and Jericho doing any more stuff. To... My my favorite thing about that match is like the match itself was great, and then you've got like that NWO dude just like yelling stuff over the com uh, like over. Yeah. The- my I I did like whenever uh, the WCW guy would do something like the guy would be like loser. <laughs> <laughs> But he did say something about Eddie being a Mexican jumping bean. I'm like, oh, gosh, that doesn't age well. (sighs) But Nick Patrick helped six to the back after the match, leading to more accusations of him being in the NWO's pocket. Yeah, you know, how dare he help a guy who was down? Well, six won the match, and he's in a neck. uh, Patrick is in a neck brace. Why the hell is he helping six? (laughs) I, I don't know. I. That one could go either way, but there's something later on in the show we'll get to. But in the back, Iron Mike. In the today. back. Iron Mike I, can't, I can't turn it off, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Iron Mike today is standing by with Alex Luger, who looks like he spent way too much time trying to get the Farrah Fawcett haircut. <laughs> uh, Luger tells Arn Anderson that he spent uh, way too much time questioning his integrity. And tonight he's going to see a side of Lex Luger that we've never seen before. Body Heenan says that with that hairdo, he looks like a famous actor. Tony Schiavone guesses, let me guess, Brad Pitt? And he goes, no. He's like, Fabio? No. And Rain says, uh, more like Phyllis Diller on a good hair day. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I love Bobby Heenan. I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed how weird his hair looked at this show, by the way. It, it just it looked unnatural. My thought was maybe he flew and he's one of those people that has that thing about him where if you fly with your hair it gets kind of like crazy because the altitude change yeah i don't know i just like i don't know why the hell i'm trying to make it 
excuses here. I just throwing out there. <laughs> it's like, did he try to get a blowout? And he's just like, what the? It, it, I don't know. But this next match is Arn Anderson taking on Lex Luger in about 12 and a half minutes. During Luger's entrance, we zoom in on gravestones on the stage that say R.I.P. Crockett. Yikes. Yeah. I chuckled a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's a little funny, but I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, Makes you wonder who did that. Was it Bischoff? Yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody that didn't like Jimmy. Uh, Dusty's like, man, he screwed me on a payday. Put Jimmy Crockett on there, baby. Uh, and the, well, the funny thing is uh, his brother, David, still works there. Or, well, at, at this time. Like David Crockett. Apparently, he, I think he stayed with WCW until they closed their doors, if I remember correctly. Yeah, where's Davy Crockett? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's David. Damn it. You named a kid that. You, you it's your fault, dude. It, yeah, it really is. It's like you know what you're setting them up for, you bastard. <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of screaming and yelling from Lex during this one. I don't oh, know if you noticed that. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. Lex Luger's thing. After every move. I swear he would do it for a headlock takeover. (laughs) I'm like, dude, calm down. Uh, But he destroys Arn through this one, picking his back apart. The ref gets bumped at one point, and Arn tries to use a chair, but Lex stops him and slingshots him face first into the ring post, and then beats his back up with a chair. Luger then locks in the torture rack and gets the win via submission. I felt that the story told was pretty good. But I was honestly bored to at least half of this one. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarter stars. I just gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I barely gave it two. Yeah, it was okay. It didn't suck, but it, I don't know. Like I said, I was bored to a good 50% of this. But after the match, Luger won't break the torture rack, even with the referee pleading with him. Finally, Lex breaks it and flexes as the crowd cheers him on. Oh, you know. You know, Greg, nobody liked Lex Luger. He was never over, okay? God, yeah, that old thing. (laughs) Uh, After Luger leaves, Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair come to the ring to check on Arn Anderson. Arn is eventually stretchered out. And keep this in mind, remember for later in the show, they they let you know that Rick and Jeff go to the hospital, medical facility, pal, god dang it, with uh, Arn Anderson. (laughs) So they are not there anymore. Because, you know, you need both of them there by your side, right? Yeah, especially Jarrett. I mean, he's the one. Yeah, right. He, Arn comes to, and he looks up, he sees Jeff, and he's like, am I in hell? <laughs> <laughs> you mean he comes to, he sees Rick, and goes, wait, wait, wait where the hell is Jeff? You don't matter. Yeah, it's like, Rick, ah, damn it. Where? Oh, thank God you're here, Jeff. Here, hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this got too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Anyway. I, I, I like Jared, by the way. People are going to hear this thing of crapping on him. I do like him, so. Uh, I, I just... <laughs> I'm back and forth on him. I don't hate him. I just, I don't know. But frequent listeners of the show may think I hate him. I, I don't. I'm just not a huge fan. It's just, it's one of them where it's like when somebody comes out and you're like, yay, or boo. It's like when he comes out, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that's about it. Hey, we saw him go in the Hall of Fame, man. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was sweet. I, I did like that. Um, and I that's the only time I would have ever cheered for that guy. So I saw him wrestle live, I want to say, or maybe he I can't remember if he wrestled. And that's how sad it is. The one TNA show I went to, I can't remember if he wrestled or if he was just there signing autographs. I know he was there at least signing autographs, but I can't remember if he freaking wrestled. That's I not good. Seen, 
I see him at a Super Brawl for sure, but I can't remember where else. Yeah. Uh, well, back in the locker room, we're going to make you think of Frosted Flakes because here's Lee Marshall. And he, says, he says to find out what's going on with Sting, we need to call the WCW hotline. 1-900-909-9900. Wow, Kids, get still, your parents' permission. You still remember that. Wow. Uh, but he dude, then dude, calls Just to beat you over the damn head with it on, during Nitro, dude. Yeah, I know. I, I just I say they, but there's no they. It's just me and Gene. Yep. Well, yeah, because he got a huge cut of that. Uh, but he then calls in the Harlem Heat, Sister Sherry and Colonel Robert Parker. Parker says that the Harlem Heat is the greatest tag team in the world. And Sherry says that the NWO stuck their noses into Harlem Heat's business. So now they're going to get hurt. Booker T says that the NWO are fake wannabe thugs. And tonight he and Stevie Ray are going to jump them. And then Stevie said something I didn't care enough to write down. Uh, oh, Nash, we come up for you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, right. That was only a couple of months ago, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know. Good grief. Uh, Wait, sorry, sorry. No, it's not. It's a couple months from here. My mistake. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, a couple months from yeah. here. Well, and uh, well, I was going to say, you know, me not caring enough to write down anything Stevie had to say is a nice, is a nice euphemism for his career. <laughs> Stevie F and Ray. You want to talk about uh, Matt Hardy being famous for tagging in Jeff, man? There you, there you go. <laughs> Stevie never would have went in that Hall of Fame. See, okay, 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 okay. Again, I got it real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go off course. Just one second. You know how people always call people like the Genetti of the team? Yeah. Now, need I point out to again? I'll say this: that man at least went on to win the tag title. Something he couldn't even do with Sean. He went on to be Intercontinental Champion. Why is it someone's got to be the Genetti of the team and not the Stevie Ray or the Jim Neidhart? Oh, gosh. Answer me that. I, no, I mean, I want a real answer as to why that's the thing. Neither one of those guys wanted to do really anything. Uh, I'm not saying Jimmy lit the world on fire or anything, but <laughs> he did more. Uh, because <laughs> they tried to keep Stevie somewhat relevant after the breakup. Not saying he was, just saying they tried. And uh, with Night Art, well, he's he's the Rhino. Yeah. Oh. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, and I'm not saying, hey, oh, oh, you know, they they deserve that. But I'm just saying, why is it automatically the <laughs> genetic of a team? You know, yeah. that's it. So. I yeah, I get it. That's that's. I mean, even Seth Rollins brought that up too on Austin's podcast. You know, goes, there was no genetic in the Shield. <laughs> 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 it's still a thing. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. I digress. Yeah, yeah. None of us claim to have killed a guy for you know touching us inappropriately behind a bowling alley. That's true. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Stevie Ray was just uh, what the hell? And I just now thought of this, by the way. Both he and Booker were members of the NWO, but in two different organizations. Yeah, but I don't count the Booker one because if you go look how he joined them, Flair literally just said, "Uh, you're in," and he joined them, and then he got super kicked out two weeks later. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. was he really in it <laughs> yeah uh, I mean hell Stevie was in a, a war games match in the as an NWO member yeah so, that was there's that that was something <laughs> good grief well this next match I think this is the one one of these teams I think is the one you were referring to when you're like well you could have got worse with the opening uh, it is the faces of fear Mang and the barbarian with Jimmy Hart in their corner Taking on the Four Horsemen team of Chris Benoit and Steve Mongo McMichael with Woman and Deborah McMichael in their corner. Went just shy of nine and a half minutes. 
I will say it was, it was the faces of fear, by the way. Yes. Okay, yeah, um. that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, I I will say this about this match. This was very hard hitting. I actually enjoyed most of it for what it was because I went into it with my expectations on the floor. So, you know, it, it can't disappoint People that way. People tend to forget how good Ming was. Yeah, he was great. Uh, he still wrestles with Ming, doesn't he? Or sporadically? Uh, yeah, he pops up every once in a while. I don't he know. He was just on right. Dynamite like a couple, maybe a month or two ago. Wow. Nice. Uh, but Chris Benoit was a damn bump machine for the faces of fear in this one because sure as hell wasn't going to be Mongo. Uh, when the referee- Mongo was another guy, by the way, that yells like Luger for every little hit, by the way. You notice that? <laughs> I know. Uh, like, who the hell trained you to do this? Uh, but when the referee isn't looking, Mongo blasts Mang in the head with the Halliburton, which, if anybody doesn't know, it was a steel briefcase. Uh, that's what a Halliburton is. But anyway, uh, Benoit no-sells getting his ass flattened for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> he jumps right up and hits a swan dive headbutt and pins Mang for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I give it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. It was whatever. Yeah, it was just kind of here. Uh, but the real story. Of Everyone that, pray but... for Mongo, by the way, man. That poor guy is just fighting for his life, man. Oh, I know. What is it? Lou Gehrig's disease? Yeah. AL, ALS. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. that is what it is, but oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, so sad. It's it, it's like I mean we we make fun of him, but not you know we make fun of him in a wrestling capacity, not in a. <laughs> I think some people don't realize that there's yeah. a huge difference. Right. Um, you can you can think somebody's a horrible wrestler or comedically bad or something like that without disliking the dude on a personal capacity. Like I've actually said this to people about guys like uh, Vince Russo. It's like I don't know. Per- I mean, personally, I don't know how the hell he is. I'm just talking about his. In, in wrestling, I just yeah. When I talk crap about him, you know, it's just, he might be a piece of crap. I, I, don't know. I don't. Yeah, who knows? I mean, but you know, I mean, you have to make sure people realize we're only talking about the context of the show. And, okay, can't say that enough. And it goes flip side as well. Like you can be a fan of somebody's wrestling career with it, with also yeah. thinking they're a piece of crap outside well, the ring. See this match. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you got two sides of the same coin. <laughs> I, like in the same uh, like on the same team. Yeah, right. But after the match, the barbarian smacks Mongo in the back with the Halliburton. The dungeon of by the way, if anybody wants to know the story of the Halliburton now in the archives, Great American Bash 1996. We explain it. Uh, but the Dungeon of Doom jumps the railing. Oh, no. And uh, Conan holds woman at bay and Mang pile drives Mongo. Benoit fights back until uh, Big Bubba and Conan get the better of him. Benoit keeps fighting, but eventually gets kicked by Mang and put down. Uh, Kevin Sullivan repeatedly blasts the unconscious Mongo in the back with the Halliburton as Benoit keeps getting beat down. It's explained that Flair and Jarrett can't come out to save them because they went to the hospital with Arn Anderson. So there you go. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Sullivan. You got to admire continuity. Okay. Yeah, I will. I, yeah, because they're the first thing that ran through my mind during this beatdown. I was like, where the hell are the horsemen? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They went to the hospital. Okay. Makes sense. So I'm glad they weren't just like, oh, the horsemen are idiots and they're not going to come out to save their friends. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan backs woman into the corner while taking his shirt off and saying that he's going to show her while he's still the man before kicking Benoit. Uh, I didn't get it. Like, obviously, when I was a kid, but now looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, well, this is case number one of things that won't fly in 2021. <laughs> uh, after the Dungeon of Doom leave, woman tries to comfort the unconscious Chris Benoit. 
Oh, man. But up in the crowd. Yeah, Chris Jericho and break down that fourth wall. Anyways. Yeah, right. Uh, Up in the crowd again, Ted DiBiase standing by with Vincent saying that the NWO are 2-0 against WCW tonight. Uh, Ted says that the NWO has yet to deliver on their promises or has always delivered on their promises since they were formed. And tonight, the WCW tag team titles are coming home to the New World Order. The Outsiders now make their way through the crowd. And you know, uh, just you mentioned Vincent. I just remember I got to make sure my Olive Garden's on the way. Sorry. Oh, you're getting DoorDash, huh? No. no. <laughs> oh, you should have went with it, man. Trying to get a sponsorship here. Uh, this next match is the Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie Ray, with Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry in their corner. They're defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, in about 13 minutes. I need to point out, by the way, or maybe ask, when they called her Sister Sherry, uh-huh. were they talking like in the way, like, you know, you call a, a black woman a sister? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, because. You know, like she's Sister Sherry. Because it's like I'm just always, it's always curious because, like, you know, then I'm thinking like Good Brothers, and they're both white guys. So yeah, right. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the context. That's all. Not that it matters one way or another. Just trying to understand. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of because I don't know, like that. Because so as I was watching this, I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, how many times have I made that tired ass joke? The Good Brothers, two white guys. I mean, yeah, right. Then I look at Sister Sherry. I'm like, um. Okay. Well, it's even, well, it's even worse with her because she had like a thick southern accent. Yeah, right. And her quote unquote husband was a really southern dude. Did they ever get he, married on TV? I forget. Yeah. They and did. they uh, and he dressed like his nickname was Colonel. Robert yeah, right. Parker, and he dressed like a freaking plantation owner. <laughs> uh, which just makes us even worse visually. She often gets forgotten as one of the greatest managers ever. Oh, yeah. She and, was phenomenal and right here booker t six-time champion two-time hall of famer king of the ring clearly you know she had an impact yeah right and then there's stevie ray booker's one of my absolute (laughs) favorites too so (laughs) right then there's stevie ray yeah (laughs) holy crap uh he did things she only had the magic stick for one person each time she managed and since there was a team she had to pick one so yeah right Think about all the people she managed. Macho Man, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she never managed, to, you know, some, like any scrubs, man. Except for Stevie Ray. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, I said this may be one of some of my favorite outfits for the Outsiders, both of which were made into Mattel action figures, by the way. Never got those. Yeah. There is a new Nash that is currently out. I'm just going to put this out there right now for you maybe the listeners you find it grab it uh there's clearly a fight going on in the crowd by the way because everyone is distracted even the wrestlers at the beginning of this match yeah bischoff said it was two drunk idiots so, go figure yeah he said it was two drunk idiots that security just took out with no uh no uh what's the word i'm looking for issues yeah no issues they just dragged him yeah. right out it was done but people just were looking at them instead of watching the match like okay it's over yeah uh, this is the co-main event, so you know, turn your eyes towards the ring. Uh, in their defense, the action didn't start for like the first minute, minute and a half, something like that. So it was just mostly uh, Hall flicking his toothpick at Stevie Ray and whatnot. So, but Sherry gets on the apron at one point. Hall flicks sweat at her, 
She slaps him, which was not a disqualification, by the way. And then Hall grabs her and kisses her against her will. She screams. Because that's Colonel, okay. Yeah. Well, she screams while Colonel Robert Parker loses his mind. Things that wouldn't fly in 2021. Weren't they in the AWA together? Uh, I want to say yes. They were both in the AWA. I don't know about together. She was a wrestler then, though. Booker T hits the Harlem hangover uh, on Scott Hall. The ref is distracted. And Colonel Robert Parker gets his walking cane taken by Kevin Nash, who blasts Stevie Ray in the face with it. And then Hall covers him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three. I really like this. I remember watching this as a kid. I think I was four. Harlem Heat. Eventually, I would like the NWO more, though. Yeah, this this was really good. They had their working boots on. It was, uh, it was good stuff, man. And I didn't I know, know what to expect. I don't know if I ever said this, by the way, but Harlem Heat got me almost suspended from elementary school one time. Oh, yeah. Did you say, like, the stuff that they would say coming to the <laughs> yeah. ring into the camera? You said it during a football game or something? Well, yeah. You know, it's like, I, was, I always loved the Harlem Heat when I was a kid. Like, you know, I still love Booker T. Like I say, he's one of my all-time favorites. Um, but, like, you know, when you're a kid, you hear him saying this stuff. You say it, too. You don't realize, I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> I This is a weird oh, one. Goodness. You know that weird dance that Dude Love used to do? The one with the legs the yeah. crossing and the hands? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, my kindergarten teacher thought that was inappropriate, and I almost got sent to the principal for it. That's like literally a 70s dance, dude. Yeah, I'm like, what? what and I'm st- to this day, like as a kid, I was I was confused. To this day, I'm like, what was I doing? Like, what was inappropriate? I don't get it. Man, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Freaking like, you know, not to pull rank here, but, you know, mine was clearly inappropriate yeah. i don't know what the hell yours was wrong <laughs> i know that's yeah it was weird but anyway uh after the match sherry goes ballistic shouting at the referee about what happened we now go to a commercial with some nerdy guy in his mother's basement talking about the upcoming world war three pay-per-view i'm not making fun of him he's literally in a basement and Except says something... <laughs> well, he's literally in in a basement and he says something to his quote-unquote mom who they turn to, and it's just the guy in drag. So he's Norman Batesing it, minus the murder. Uh, there's a quick little spoiler, by the way. They're promoting a pay-per-view that would absolutely suck. God, no. World War Three, not that was That was a good one in a couple of years, I think. Matter of fact, I think the one previous to this was pretty decent, too. But 96 sucked. Uh, I don't even know. Who, who the hell won that one? Was it the Giants? Uh, Oh, the giant. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they kicked him out of the NWO because of it, because he wanted his title shot. Macho Man won the world title at the last one, which you know, was kind of a cool moment to see. Well, now in the archives, World War Three, 1998. Uh, we covered that last November, so go check that out. That one, well, I won't ruin it. You guys want to go listen to it in the archives, but it leads to one of the worst moments in this year pro wrestling. You know. Yeah, so. there's that. We're going to take our second to last break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into all things main event and wrap this one up right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. 
Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. And we're back. Before the main event, in the crowd is Hollywood Hogan with spike, a spiked blonde wig, standing by with Teddy DiBiase and the giant uh, Hollywood How is it that Smart Mark says it where he's like, the giant? Yep. <laughs> Who, by the way, has <laughs> never been an official member of the NWO. Mark will not acknowledge that, so it's funny. How? Crap for that. I don't know. He won't put the Giants figure on his NWO. He loves the NWO, by the way. He's a huge Mark. He will not put him on the shelf. He does not count him as an NWO guy. And everyone gives him crap for it. But He was clearly, he was the fifth man. Which, I don't know. Which, which led to six. You know what? Go, you go talk to him and have fun. He's a I bet you if you, if you tweeted at, I bet you if you tweeted at him about that, he'd respond to you quickly. He's usually pretty good about it. Just so you know. Well, I, I might just to poke the bear, but he is a lawyer. So, I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Dude, he he failed to get Judas lyrics off of the 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 Tron at the show when he had no music, so he's lost a couple of cases. He might be able to beat him. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Uh, maybe I'll call Paul Heyman. And figure it's like, hey, uh, is your dad still alive? Can he argue this for me? <laughs> but Hollywood Hogan instructs the crowd not to chant for Hogan, but chant Hollywood. Which is funny, by the way, that he's a stone cold heel and people are still chanting for him. <laughs> I find that funny. But he plugs his new Three Ninja, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain movie, which I had to point out has an audience score of 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and Santa with Muscles, which has an audience score of 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. I've seen uh, High Noon at Mega Mountain. I've never seen Santa with Muscles. But... How dare you? <laughs> Go out of your way this Christmas. I'll tell you what, it's going to be on my Christmas list this year, okay? It's going to be Home, home Alone, to all the way. Stand with muscles. Okay, you happy? Uh, well, personally, I mean, my list is going to consist of Jingle All the Way Two with Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, it's going to be uh, Home Sweet Home Alone, the the upcoming remake, and uh, you know the fourth and fifth Home Alone movies, and uh, Stand with Muscles. 
And uh, for my finishing act, I will kill myself. <laughs> no? Too far? Just the fact that you said most of those movies, man. <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh, Hogan Good Mach- grief, man. <laughs> uh, I want to Hogan- slap you. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hogan Mox, the Macho. Oh, you know who else is in Jingle All the Way 2 is Santino Moretta. Oh, just putting that out there. Anyway. Now I'm sold. Damn straight. Larry the Cable Guy and Santino? That's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Hogan mocks the Macho Man and puts over the NWO. During Michael Buffer's announcement for Hollywood Hogan, it starts playing the Macho Man's theme and then cuts out. (laughs) This happens a lot in WCW. (laughs) Like, dude, can you not wait for him to shut up before you start playing the music? It's funny because... Because I think during Hall and Nash's interview at Bash of the Beach 96, before the match, they started playing Sting's music. And, wow. Which is funny because going back and looking at it, like, you know, it was them two, and you're thinking, okay, who's the next guy? Who's the third guy? Then music starts, and you're thinking, is it Sting? And he comes yeah, right. out with Luger and, and Savage after they stop the music. They do the promo, comes back on, and comes out with them. But it's just funny how it happened twice within the same couple of months. Same year, but in a couple of months. <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, it, it really is true that nobody can rival WWE's production, man. Uh, during Macho Man's entrance, he calls out the Macho Man Slim Jim Monster Truck, which, yes, has a giant cowboy hat on top of it. A major mark in the group by the way, owns that cowboy hat in his backyard. <laughs> that giant one? Mm-hmm. What the F? How did, how? how you I don't know. I never that? forgot the story on that, but he has it. It's in his backyard. <laughs> he must have looked up that Joan Metallic or whatever. <laughs> it's like, hey, can I buy just the hat? You can keep the truck. Uh, but he gets on the mic and tells uh, Hogan to send his goons to the back, which doesn't happen. But anyway. Uh, I'm sorry, have we talked about Hogan's hair yet? Uh, I brought up that he was wearing that stupid effing wig. Uh, I'll bear this repeating. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <sighs> but uh, this Spike one is hair, hot. dude. Don't like it's Joe Gatto from the from the uh, Practical Jokers where he spices his hair because <laughs> he's got nothing on top. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh, but this is uh, Hollywood Hogan with Teddy Biasi, Vincent, and the Giant in his corner defending the WCW World title against Macho Man Randy Savage. Went about 18 and a half minutes. I see the one I really want him to get out of there is Vincent because he's the dangerous one. Well, yeah, he's the bodyguard of the WCW. He's the enforcer. Yeah, right. It's just, hey, what was he part of that team that was in the war games? I can't remember. He was not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, not in the war games. I think he was probably at the cage side. But yeah, he was not in it. Yeah, well, that's a missed opportunity. Anyway. They got Stevie F and Ray, though, dude. Oh, well, yeah. Him and Buff F and Bagwell. I mean, like that. Oh, that no, no. You're, you're mixing up a couple of war games, actually. That's the next one. Oh, oh my bad. Uh, but Hogan begins the match with the sunglasses and wig still on. That should tell you something about the physicality we're about to see. Because throughout, throughout his entire career, he wrestles with the bandana on. It lasts for about 12 seconds. But the wig and glasses are going to last longer. Am I right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hogan stalls and avoids physical contact for, like, ever. Macho Man eventually takes off Hogan's sunglasses and wig and puts them on himself. I <laughs> laugh. Uh, both men use a chair with no DQs called. Miss Elizabeth. Well, oh, then, then you hear Shimani saying the referee's being lenient with the rules, though. He kind of. Yeah, right. But, well, makes, you know, well, I'm just saying he makes it. He, at least he tries. Yeah, but, I'm saying. you know, I swear to God, you better not throw somebody over that top rope or you're. Done. Yeah, right. That's Cardinal <laughs> Sin number one in WCW. They brought that up during the last match. They were like, 
did he throw him over or did he just fall over because of momentum? You know, it's like, shut the F up. <laughs> that would make a lot more sense if they had the rights to the Royal Rumble and they didn't want to like crap on the concept of that. I would totally understand it. But since they don't, yeah. I don't get it. The one night a year where you can throw men over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, at least it would be something. So lame. But yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense, but it'd still be lame. Uh, but Miss Elizabeth runs to the ring when Savage is in trouble, and Hogan shouts at her to get in his corner. Later, when Liz comes into the ring to check on Savage, because, you know, you can do that in the middle of a match. Uh, Again with the sarcasm. <laughs> Hogan pulls her into the corner and argues with her before uh, missing a leg drop on on uh, Savage. Liz steals the foreign object from Hogan that he was about to use, and Hogan turns around and accidentally clotheslines the referee, as Nick Patrick now runs out to be the new ref to everybody's collective groan. Macho Man hits I the elbow. <laughs> oh, well, come on, man. You get to see that epic effing mullet again, man. It's Kenny Powers. But That's true. <laughs> you, always have like, you, know, you always have to get me back. I like that. Thanks. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, Macho Man hits the elbow drop, and Nick Patrick counts to two before grabbing his neck brace and pain, stopping the count. Oh, man. And he would repeat all this crap in WWE. Uh, but Savage punches Patrick, takes off his neck brace, and rips off his shirt. Because, you know, we all wanted to see that. Uh, Hogan gets a spike. <sighs> I, I just, I've about had it with your sarcasm, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Hogan gets a spike, which I assume he stole from Kevin Sullivan backstage. <laughs> uh, Macho Man takes it and jams it into Hogan's face. No blood, by the way. Gotta point that out. Uh, DiBiase gets involved now. Now, the Giant runs down and chokeslams Savage on the outside of the ring before dragging him inside, dragging Hogan on top of Savage for Nick Patrick to count the three. This was a slow, overbooked mess. WrestleMania V, this was not. Uncle Dave said, quote, The ghost of Hulk Hogan pinned the corpse of Randy <laughs> Savage at 1837. Holy crap. Of what turned into a Jimmy Valiant-style <laughs> comedy match, which made no sense given the storyline of this as the ultimate grudge match. You gotta give it to Uncle Dave when he gets one like that. <laughs> yeah, I popped. Uh, he and I both gave it one star. This sucks. What say you? I gave it one as well. I, I don't like using this word too much, but man, yeah, it was completely overbooked. Like, why do we need all this? Yeah, it's Hogan and Savage. What the F, man? Like, yeah, uh, just... Uh, you can... I don't know. I, I see the same crap going on, on on Dynamite with the Elites. And like, dude, this is like so unnecessary. <sighs> I don't By know. the way, I, I pointed out, I said this was not WrestleMania 5. No, this was seven years later. And it sucked. It's hard to believe, by the way, it's only seven years later. I know. It felt uh, like an eternity. I just, like, on top of that, though, the match sucked itself. I can even take that out of the equation. It just was horrible. Yeah. Now, do you remember what we said earlier? What is it about Rey Mysterio with Halloween having and having amazing matches? Yeah. What is it about Hogan and having horrible matches? I know. Yeah, I can't recall one last, good match. The year before this, he, that was that debacle we spoke of with the giant, with the, uh, the dry Cobra Hall. Yeah. yeah, well, of course, throwing him off the roof. You know, that was horrible. <laughs> Let's keep in mind, that was an actual match, too. Quote, unquote, match. The monster truck match. Then yeah. He threw him off there. And then the match happened, and it sucked. And then this <laughs> year, face Macho Man, it sucked. And 97 was, I think it was Agent of Cage, right? Wasn't it? Was it 97? Yeah, I want to say, I want to say yes. Yeah, and then we all remember how bad 98 was with Ultimate Warrior, arguably the worst match in history. So what? <laughs> 
WTF with Hogan and Halloween Havoc, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't have an answer for that one. What the hell was 94, him and Flair? Uh, that, that might have been Vader. Oh, Flair, okay. That was Rage in a Cage. Okay, so that one was... Uh, maybe that I, one was the agent. I don't remember. One. I don't remember that one being good or bad on top of my head. I'd have to, I'd have to see it, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's him and Flair for the five thousandth time. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know. They, they just beat that horse to death when he came to WCW. <laughs> yeah, I, I do real quick. I do like in nineteen ninety seven when he fought Piper in the cage, and I guess someone said it was the greatest cage match in history. Which, by the way, it sucked. <laughs> And Jim Cornette said, yeah, the greatest cage match in history coming two weeks after Hell in a Cell. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> the original Hell in a Cell. <laughs> oh, God's sake. Uh, oh, and, and uh, that reminds me of, you know, like I said, they beat that to death. It's kind of like when Kurt Angle came to TNA. And keep in mind, these matches were amazing. But still, when Kurt Angle came to TNA, they're like, God dang it. we got to have 5,000 him versus Samoa Joe matches. Yep. After a while, it was like, dude, enough. Yeah, uh, I just... I fear what they're going to do with uh, Braun Breaker and Big E or, or uh, Lashley one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because right. I feel like they match up really well. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to beat the crap out of that. I'm uh, I'm hoping they don't kill Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega by doing it 500 times, too. I just yeah. – uh. But after the match, Hogan's still knocked out, so the Giant brings in a bowl of ice and dumps it on Hogan, <laughs> who, who flails around, jumps up. The frick, man. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 logical, I guess. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I I will say this: it's better than. Don't ask me what the event was. It was in '95, I want to say. Him and Macho Man were on the same team. Hogan, that is. Pronouns. Pronouns, pal. Uh, Hogan and Macho Man were on the same team. Hogan got beat up, and to wake him up, Macho Man hit the elbow drop off the top rope, and that like snapped him back to life. Yeah, he hit the move that he's won titles with to snap yeah. someone to life. Yeah, that, that'll wake his ass up. God dang. <sighs> but Macho Man has to be helped to the back. Hogan now grabs a mic and asserts his dominance before bagpipe music plays. Who could this be? The crowd finally cheers as Rowdy Roddy Piper makes his way to the ring. And someone is behind him that looks like the Brooklyn Brawler. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. At I least I didn't that... write it down my notes, but... I don't know who the hell this guy was. He's walking like and he's fairly close to Piper walking through the entrance ramp down the ramp. And I'm like, who is like, how did this happen? Because he like you never see him on camera after that. He's he's not a part of this. Who is that guy? And why was he allowed to just walk down the center of the ramp while Piper's coming out? Was he security? He like I said, he's basically dressed like he's got like suspenders and one of those newsy hats on. And he's like, I don't know what the hell. Yeah, I have no idea who the hell that is. Yeah, that's it's weird. Anybody else go back and look. It's when you see Piper first coming out. It's weird. And you see what I'm talking about? He's just walking like he huh? walked into the ring. Well, he is. I mean, he is famous for getting attacked by fans, right? Like, I know those are during his heel days. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he makes mention during this promo of him getting stabbed multiple times. Uh, but Hogan I mean, because he was in like gear that like some jobber would wear. Ah, was... uh, yeah, I know. That's why I said he looks like the freaking Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> uh, but Hogan freaks out as Roddy Piper gets in the ring and pulls a mic out of his pocket to cut a promo. Hogan tries to suck up the Piper at first. But you always walk around with a mic in your pocket, by the way. <laughs> if you're Roddy Piper, you do. 
Uh, I can actually believe that with Piper. He's like one of the only people I'm like, yeah, okay, you're always ready to cut a promo, whatever. But uh, yeah, so Piper isn't having any of this. Piper claims that he's just as big of a wrestling icon and movie star as Hogan. Sure. Well, he's made more money with his movies, probably. I mean, I'm pretty sure they live outdid everything Hogan's done. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say the only Hogan movie that comes close to they live would be like Suburban Commando. But yeah, that no, they live is the only good one. After that, I I think he just had crap. Uh, But anyway, uh, Hogan says seems to want to keep this thing on the rails while Piper's just rambling on and on. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Like Hogan kept it almost seemed like Hogan was like, yeah, yeah, uh, let's talk about this. And Piper's like, well, you know, back in 1975. And it's like, dude, what the frick are you talking about? And keep in mind, I'm a huge mark for Roddy Piper, so I'm not crapping on him. Just point it out. Uh, he gets a lot of credit for being good on the mic, and he should. But he should also get some crap because some of his stuff rambled sometimes. Yeah, and he just you said know. off the wall stuff sometimes. It's like, what I the mean, hell did you just not, say? Not quite, <laughs> not quite Axel Jim Duggan bad, but no. like in the ballpark. No, yeah. Well, there was that one hacksaw promo. I can't remember what show it was, but he starts off getting tongue tied. He's like, dah, dah, dah. <laughs> like he literally says that, and I'm like, what did I just watch? <laughs> But I guess it's on brand, so whatever. But it's just about over, and Hogan admits to Piper that he was just as big of a star as he is. And then Piper goes to leave, and he says, by the way, on the way out in the bathroom, you need to squat. And so that starts it all over again. The promo ends. <laughs> the promo ended up getting, it didn't end, I'll say that. It ended up getting cut off. Oh, well, the show paper. end. <laughs> yes. Got cut off on pay-per-view because... They ran over their three-hour window that they uh, had. Another before. Halloween Havoc thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Halloween. Wait for these shows. You notice that? Yep. <laughs> it's over and over, man. Same crap. So Halloween Havoc just went off the air with Piper still talking. And you get Tony Schiavone. We got to go. Good night, everybody. <laughs> they just, we'll see you on Nitro. The tape machines are still rolling. We'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, what the hell is a tape? I never got that. Why do you call it like they're cameras? What do you mean the tape machines are still rolling? <laughs> that was a sign off for like every every nitro. He's like, the tape machines are still rolling. We'll see you next week. Good night. And Bobby Heenan begging him to stay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, Lord. But to wrap this one up, Roddy Piper agreed to a deal with WCW. There's not many details on the Piper deal other than it also includes some movie deals through Turner and probably only calls for a few matches since Piper is mostly retired from in-ring work. The deal had been in the works for weeks, but was uh, finalized shortly before Halloween Havoc, and they tried to keep it quiet, even hiding it from most employees in the company. But... Um, he does wrestle quite a bit, by the way, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, yeah, I don't say... He doesn't wrestle a ton. It's not like he wrestles on every Nitro or even every other Nitro, but yeah, he... Uh, pay-per-views definitely uh get this word leaked out to wwf a few days before and jim ross spoiled the surprise on the wwf hotline over the weekend wow i forgot they even had a hotline yeah yeah it was, i that was uh because they still wanted a hotline and they gave it to bross so but man what a richard <laughs> the plan is for, <laughs> the plan is for piper to basically be the replacement for randy savage who is likely leaving yeah about that uh, not only would he not leave, he would literally turn on Piper to join the NWO. Yeah, right. 
Uh, but Piper isn't going to wrestle nearly as often and will most, mostly just be making TV appearances. Well, okay, I'll give him that. He didn't wrestle quite as much as Savage. But, you know, whatever. But that's the end of the show. Uh, I guess we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to tell you the final ratings and what's to come in the coming month here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah brother, mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.3 out of 10. Uh, CageMatch.net gave it 6.33 out of 10. So about the same. I felt that was uh, kind of unfair. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 for a C. What say you? I gave it a C plus. It had its fun moments. Uh, overall, I mean, I, I sent you that gif of Jim from The Office when I, when I was like, dude, the ending of Halloween Havoc. And it's just like, hmm. And you had said, yeah, but it leads somewhere big. So, and it does. So there's that. the The tag title match was really good. the The other tag match was not bad. Anderson Luger was okay. Six Jericho was good. Giant Jarrett was what it was. DDP and Eddie was okay, and the opening match was phenomenal. Yes, that main event sucked, but whatever. 
I mean, you see, like we talked about, you see Hogan in the main event of a Halloween Havoc. You kind of know what you're signing up for. So it is what it is. But that wraps up October, man. Can you believe that? Right. We're we're heading into the final two months of the year, 2021. Thank God. Yeah. It feels weird, though. I just like. I can't well, I mean, it. I just want to get this year over so I can get to WrestleMania. I've been waiting three years for this. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, this this is nuts. Uh, I like. I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like it should already be November to me. I don't know. But you know what November is, man, as a WWF fan or WWE fan. It is uh, Survivor Series month. And we're bringing uh, bringing a couple of them to you. One of them. Uh, this first one on November 3rd, I believe you said you were a big fan of this one. It's Survivor Series 1991. Yeah, it's probably my favorite one ever. Wait, okay, no, I... 90's my favorite one ever. Okay. Did you like 91? Yeah, I was, well, I mean, I was a kid. No, I hated the hell out of it, but <laughs> well, looking yeah. back at it now, I kind of like it, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, uh, you know, Hogan almost gets his neck broke, brother. <laughs> if you believe anything he says. Uh, this, this event is actually the reason why, to this day, I believe, uh, The Undertaker does not like Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, and we'll get into all of that, uh, next week on the show. But yeah, the 30-year anniversary of the show, I've never seen it before. It is Undertaker's one-year anniversary in the company. So, lots of big stuff to get to. He's in the main event against, uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, and then, for November 10th, it's a 15-year anniversary. We're going back to 2006 again for TNA Genesis. This one is a follow-up the very next event after Bound for Glory 2006. So listen to that uh, now in the archives. And then check this one out. Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle close the show. Good, good stuff. November 17th, that is uh, Double Main Event Week. But on the 17th, we're going to be talking WWF Survivor Series 1998, Deadly Game. Did you watch that one live? Yes, I did. Yeah, I figured you you would have. Uh, what did you think of the, them? Because this didn't have a single, like, traditional Survivor Series match in it. What did you think of that? I mean, I loved it at the time, but still do, actually. Yeah, it was very different. They tried something different. It's a tournament, bro. There's no uh, Survivor Series elimination matches, so that's out the window. I, this is, like, the second time in history they did it. I want to say, was it 92? They didn't have any? I think 92 may be the one, yeah. Okay. Uh, also that week for the bonus show, we're going to cover Monday Night Raw is War from uh, November 4th, 1996. Uh, 25 years ago, that is the Pillman's Got a Gun episode. Pillman's Got a Gun. For the record, I don't know if the show is any good, but it's a story. Oh, no, it's horrible. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, well. Spoiler, I've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to go back and check it out. I haven't seen any of the shows uh, coming up yet, so I still got to get them watched. Uh, but we're wrapping up. The, we want to talk about horrible. We're wrapping up the month with on uh, November 24th. Happy Thanksgiving. It's WCW Mayhem double, double. 2000. <sighs> uh, did you did you happen to watch this one live? <laughs> I haven't watched that one uh, live. Yes, I did. I haven't watched it back yet, though. Yeah. Uh, the main event is Scott Steiner and Booker T. Which, it wasn't, you know, those two are not horrible. I, I liked both of those guys, but... Yeah, you know, uh, go blue. Uh, well, I, I, I'm gonna say go to hell for that one. We don't, uh, we don't reference that crap on the show. Uh, I got a least, nice wall decoration coming for you, I'll send it to you. 
Oh, oh, you're going to send me uh, something I can use for target practice? Uh, but yeah, so it's WCW 2000, man. I mean, it is what it is. Bro. We're shaking it up, and it'll be different. So yeah, uh, like I said, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, gobble, gobble. I think that's dropping the day before Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact. So listen to it with your family while you're sitting around the table arguing about who the hell did you vote for? Good God. <laughs> You know it's coming, man. You got uh, that damn vaccine. <laughs> That's what this Thanksgiving's all about, man. Yeah, I'm not coming over. <laughs> How many people you got in the house this year? Uh, but anyway, yeah. That's so, 2021, by the way, folks. Wish we were joking. Yeah, I know. But that will be November. I'm actually really looking forward to the month of November. I love Survivor Series. But anyway, yeah, so November will be fun. Everybody, I hope you had a good October. Uh, Halloween is coming up in a few days, so have fun with that. Everyone go watch Halloween Kills, by the way. It's really good. Oh, you've seen it already? Mm-hmm. It's on Peacock. Oh. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we'll see you next week. We're getting ready to cook the bird. Gobble, gobble. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.